The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Casta. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. I'm excited about today's guest. He's a Sasquatch researcher, an experienced outdoorsman, trained investigator, and new author, Carter Bouchard. We talk about so much in this episode, everything from Carter's expeditions into the deep forests of America and the incredible physical evidence he's uncovered that he says proves the existence of Sasquatch. We talk about the nearly 400 witnesses he's interviewed about their encounters and fascinating events, some of which even defy logic. Carter's research and reports have been featured on the BFRO site, and he's even consulted for Animal Planet's Finding Bigfoot series. So join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Carter Bouchard. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me, Carter. <laughs> I'm very, very happy to be here. You know? Awesome. Man, uh, so much stuff to talk about and so much I want to listen to. Um, you, Your newest book just, just came out, brand new, Sasquatch Evidence of an Enigma 2. Oh, my gosh. Love it. That's it. Yeah, I've, I've forgotten, uh, uh, sent uh, George with the book. In PDF form way too late. I just forgot. Oh, that's all right. I was able to skim through a good chunk of the, the, the beginning of it, but uh, also just obviously just fascinated and it makes for, for, you know, a great conversation for you to be able to, you know, give the listeners and the viewers, you know, some info and some background. So yeah, there's the first one. Yeah. And this picture here will come into play in the second book, depending on what we talk about, but you know, gotcha. Anyway, awesome. So, Man. Uh, hit me. Uh, well, I can't virtually. I, I can't. <laughs> so for our, uh, our listeners and our viewers, can you share who you are and what it is you've been up to? Well, uh, I'm Carter Bouchard. I've been uh, investigated with the uh, BFRO uh, for about 13 years. Uh, I've had 100 reports published to BFRO.net, uh, which is a lot. Um, I've probably spoken with about 400 people, 400 witnesses uh, over the last 10, 12 years. And the last two years, it's been crazy with the quantum paranormal stuff that's coming, leaking through the flesh and blood only uh, Mm -hmm. sector, you know, but it's just, it's just amazing. And after I did the first book and was doing the, the podcast rounds, I had 16 people contact me. And half of those ended up in the second book because their stuff was like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, you know. And I, I, I do vet people as good as I can. In other words, you know, I, I you know, you can interview view people a certain way and find out if they're yanking your chain or not, and right. stuff like that, and just you know, verify other things. And so, uh, but these people are all real down to earth people that just had an extraordinary. Uh, event, and I'm not talking about a road crossing. I'm talking about just you know, mind blowing stuff. You know, the stuff that most people are still scratching their heads about. They're going, "Yeah, that guy's full of crap." You know, uh, me, not my witnesses necessarily. <laughs> uh, me for putting it in a book. Right. You know, I, I took my uh, cryptid career and I'm gambling with it, but I don't care because these people need to be heard. Because some of this stuff is, like I said, it's mind blowing and it's it's real. I mean, you know. When you see something, it doesn't matter what it is. It's your reality, you know, and nobody can take that away from you. They can scoff at you, make fun, shun you, whatever. But if it happens and you can tell that these people are deeply affected, by God, it it needs to be told. Because there's people listening right now who are going, oh, listen, honey, listen to this guy. That's what happened to Uncle Bob and, and my cousin. 
Remember like two years ago down at the river? Remember, remember? They don't want to talk about it. Too, there's people right now that have had an experience. I know somebody that has. And they either called them crazy or they were called crazy or and now they're going, oh, my God, because a lot of these people were not believers. They believed maybe uh, it's possible they exist, but I don't believe any of that stuff. And then when it happened, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. You know, their mind is, is forever changed from one way or the other. It's, it's just like, oh, well, just because people say it can't exist, can't happen. Doesn't mean it can't and doesn't happen because it does. So, so my background is, you know, uh, you know, I was a, I was a, a, a drummer for about twenty years. You know, nice. I, I toured around, you know, and I did uh, did comedy, improv, and sketch comedy for about three years. Then I got into real estate for about twenty five years after one of my partners died, uh, comedy partners, and so, and uh, here I am. Right on, man. All right. So I saw the House of Blues hat. So I was like, all right, he's either a huge fan of music or he's a musician. So I was, I was right yeah. on both counts. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. I played, uh, I did a lot of shows. I, I mean, my, my bands are very successful, uh, not quite, you know, getting the record deal, but you know, we, uh, one of my bands opened for the who another band nice. we opened for the cars and journey, uh, Taj Mahal. That's awesome. Uh, so we were, we were like one of the bands, but I grew up playing with Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimmy Vaughn. So we're all from Dallas. I'm from Dallas, Texas. And so they're from Oak Cliff, South Oak Cliff, which is kind of like the wrong side of the tracks. But <laughs> look where it got them. And I'm still <laughs> slaving for a living. So that goes to tell you what wrong side of the tracks can do, you know. <laughs> so all well and good. I had a great run and no regrets, you know, <laughs> except right I'm on. still working for a living. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway. Do you still play drums? Yeah, for therapy. Yeah, awesome. I go downstairs and bang on my tubs. You know, uh, we, we have a granddaughter. Uh, she's five and she's autistic, but she loves the drums. She loves oh. the vibration. She goes down there and plays on them. And she's like, she's it, it's it's therapeutic for both of us. But she she gets to exhibit her personality and her feelings without you know oh. getting shunned or anything because you know how yeah. kids are peer pressured. Yeah, kids, you know, and she's very very expressive in that. You know. Uh, arena she's she just loves him so uh you know i may have to take take up playing again just for that you know yeah and and you're so right when music can be therapy i mean for me it's a it's very cathartic and it's something to be said about the vibrations and the frequency which kind of ties into this quantum physics aspect of sasquatch Mm -hmm. yeah it does it does and so you know if if they can and uh, what i my philosophy is the Brussels sprouts thing. You know, you don't have to believe it, but you just consider the possibility, you know, like Brussels sprouts. I don't like them. I'm going to, my host is serving me Brussels sprouts. I'm going to move them around the plate. I'll spear them with a fork. I'll pretend I'm going to eat it, but not really. I'll get rid of it and then just, you know, turn the plate in. But at least I pretended and considered. But mm-hmm. that's all I ask is that you consider the possibility of the tales that I've been told that I'm just relating. I don't do any embellishing. All the names are changed. All the locations are changed because none of that's important. And uh, so I, I just ask that, you know, you consider the stories these people are telling is possibly able to happen, you know, and that's all you got to do is just think about it. And if you do think about it, it'll hit you in the face, you know, like a sledgehammer, it'll, it'll hit you in the face, you know? So uh, yeah, I've got, you just tell me where you want to start. Cause I've got all kinds of yeah. you know, it's theory. If you got to, you know, you don't talk about theories and, and you know, things of that nature or uh, sure. just outright events. It's up, up to you. you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, the thing that's fascinating about, you know, what your, your work is and what you're, you're talking about is, you know, I think we all grew up knowing the flesh and blood Bigfoot, right? Most people talk about that, right? But like you said, you have people that are coming to you with these stories. You've had some experiences. So how are we, how can we kind of open some minds and some hearts to how this can happen with this quantum physics aspect to this, what people think is just this oversized ape, which isn't, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, well, my, my, my initial, uh, uh, 
group that I was hanging with here in Missouri, you know, and I've led four expeditions for BFRO, three here in Missouri and uh, one, uh, let's see, it'll be two and a half years, three years ago, almost in uh, Illinois, October in Illinois. And so uh, that was a very closed minded group. Yeah, that kind of stuff can't happen. That ain't right. No, it, 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 it's got to be something else. It's, you know, uh, they can't do this. They can't do that. They're just a dumb ape that hadn't been discovered. Mm. Well, you know, if it's just a dumb ape that hasn't been discovered, why all the secrecy? Why all the denial, you know? Mm. And, uh, uh, and so my first trip into the quantum aspect was seeing one. I was watching one on my thermal camera. We had a group. Uh, that was lost. They got separated from us at night. And so we were waiting for them to find us. We just stopped where we were because they're lost. We had bad radio because we're up and down hollers and stuff. So we were just waiting and I was scanning the woods and looking. I had quit recording because I want to save battery life. And I'll tell you why I'll never do that again. I'll burn up all my batteries because, you know, I wish I'd been recording when I saw what I saw, but oh, well, you, know, you can talk to 20 guys and 18 will say, uh, I just couldn't, I, I, I was too flustered. I couldn't get my, I couldn't figure out what my fingers were doing. And, and you just, you missed it, you know, and that's, that happens. Anyway, yeah. I saw one and I saw the heat signature through the woods at night. I was going, oh God, they're finally here. Great. Oh, good. And so when they come around the corner, well, it's not them. It's a Sasquatch. Big seven and a half, eight foot. We, uh, we recreated it the next day when we went back out in the day and my, couple of believer friends with me, you know, uh, investigators. And so when it took one step, two steps on the third step, poof, it just exploded. It's like the heat signature just popped. Wow. And all that was left was like a, best way I can describe it is kind of like a smoke ring. Like somebody had blown a Sasquatch smoke ring. Just the very faint outline was still there in the shoulders, and then it was just kind of wisping into the night. I was gone. Cool. Well, I wasn't smoking. I wasn't drinking. Not on drugs. My equipment, top of the line, flare equipment. Nothing could have been wrong with my perception or the gear. So I saw what I saw. And though that got me, I said, well, I have just been baptized. I'm going to the other side because the flesh and blood group uh, can explain about 30% maybe mm -hmm. 40, but the rest of it, you can't. So uh, when I'm, someone says, well, I just walked through a tree or I heard a voice in my head or I was frozen. I couldn't move. Well, what do you do with that stuff? Well, you were sleep paralysis. You were having a bad dream. You thought you were seeing something you were, you know, and, you know, you, you can't just see something unless you're paranoid or paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, 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 those are two, medically proven events that can cause you to hallucinate right you know uh, and and some ptsd if you are suffering from ptsd mm -hmm. and you forgot your meds or whatever you can momentarily see things that aren't there ptsd wise but that soon dissipates but the rest of it, it unless you're got mental issues and you're walking around unmedicated uh, and seeing stuff all the time uh, those reports are just not hallucinations. They're the real deal. So then how do you explain it? Hmm. You know, well, then you get into quantum mechanics, quantum physics. You know, that's why I had Ron Moorhead. Uh, he commented on my first book, you know, in several spots. And I've actually interviewed him a few times. And he and I have met a long time. He was here in Missouri. He came to one of my habituation sites, uh, him and Scott Nelson, a long time ago. Nice. So anyway, so what do you do with that? You know, and you, you can take. 500 reports of weirdness. And so what do you do with that? Do you slide it over here and go, well, we're not going to talk about that because that, that can't be. Or do you dissect it and try to figure out what I do with all my witnesses? I always have. I always will. I'll do it to the day I die. Is that I give them possible explanations. Because you have to, as a researcher, I've got to come up with well, it could have been this. It could have been the sun was in your eye. It wasn't a guy in a ghillie suit. It could have been a deer walking on his hind legs. No, not really. You know, it could have been a bear walking on his legs. Well, they, they do that, hind legs. Mm -hmm. So you have to run through all the possibilities. And if you just, you know, it's the Occam's razor thing. 
you know, the simplest explanation is usually the best and the most accurate because the more you have to convince, move stuff around to make it fit, the less likely that is it, however unlikely it might be. Well, it walked into a tree and just, it never came out the other side. I don't know, how did it do that? Or I heard a voice. Uh, I was paralyzed in my sleep bag. I couldn't get up, you know, and the Sasquatch just appeared in front of me. It stuck its arm through my wall and zapped me right in the forehead with its finger and knocked me down. To the... So what do you do with that? You know, you, you, you can't explain it away. You try to give all the you know, possible scenarios. So that's what I do with all the all these all these folks, and like I say, I don't identify them because none of that's important. Where they live, right? Uh, if it's a public area, uh, I usually will give that away, but not, not their name and location, the personal pro- private property stuff like that. So you know, then you just have, and I think right now the way the world is, without getting political or disease oriented or any of that crap. We're going through some weird stuff right now. And I almost think this is kind of a period of knowing and enlightenment because a lot of bizarre stuff is happening, you know, and uh, the government, I think knows full well what the Sasquatch are. Uh, The lumber companies, the paper companies, they know full well what they are. I got a great, if you read that book, I don't know if you had a chance to read that, my guy in Canada, uh, blowing a mind in Canada, the uh, Let's Plant Trees. That's a classic example of a cover-up when something is seen and experienced. You say something at all, you will never work in this industry again. And if you knew how hard it was to get a job in the bush in the 1970s and 80s in Canada, it was very hard. So you didn't want to you know, rock the boat. Right. So anyway, that that's kind of, you know, my outline of how I come to talk to these people, put those stories in the book once I've decided that they, they're not imagining, you know, things, you know. Now, if you start your story out, well, well, we were out just drinking and fishing at night. Well, okay, so you've got something going against you. Are you drinking, you know? Uh, right. Probably means nothing. I mean, I consider to have a couple of beers or a cocktail. It's nothing to you or me or anybody, you know. Right. But if, you know, you don't want, you know, that drinking a couple of beers is subjective. Well, what do you mean by a couple of beers? A couple of cases, a couple of six packs, a couple of beers, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Yeah. You know. So anyway, so, but, you know, uh, these people are having just shocking events, you know, and a lot of these people, what they did was I'm telling, you know, I'm investigating just a kind of a, a pedestrian a road crossing or a Sasquatch was watching me across the river while I was fishing with my dad or something, which is, you know, shocking in, in and of itself. But if you've never seen one, but then after that, it's like they're feeling me out. And so then they go, well, now I want to tell you something weird. I'm going, okay, you just told me about a creature that doesn't exist. <laughs> And you saw one, and now you're going to tell me something weird. Bring it, bring it on, because I want to hear what you think is weird, you know. And then they come with this incredible re- re- revelation, you know. Uh, you know, I've got people that uh, they call them by their name, you know. In other words, the Sasquatch call them by their names. Wow. You know? And they have names for the Sasquatch. Uh, just it, it would just depends on you know what what rabbit hole you want to go down because but that's kind of what happened this just exploded into my face you know because i did probably i probably did about 45 or 50 podcasts last year and i'm already you know i'm already done up to a dozen already this year just for what two months so you know it's 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 just getting crazy you know yeah i i have you know especially have to agree with you like where now there's disclosure about you know ufos or uaps people talking like you know stuff that the control of the information for so long and so to your point you know with the control of the information around sasquatch you know and and you know there's so much room for conjecture there's so much room for like theories and um like you know people have theorized you know are they some sort of in-between species that extraterrestrials tampered with when they were trying to perfect us? I've heard that theory, as, as I'm sure you have. We've heard, <laughs> you know, we've heard theories of like, are they results of Nephilim? You know, if you want to think about that. So there's so many different things. In your opinion, with the research you've done and your experience, where are you seeing 
Sasquatch? And, and do you feel like there are multiple kinds of species? Yeah, I think there's a variety of species of them, but I think they've been here longer than we have. If you go with biblical data, mm-hmm. we've been here around 6,000 years, give or take, you know, someone will argue that, but I'm just, I'm just picking a number. If you read anything about Lloyd Pye's book, everything you know is wrong. If you've ever read that book, that will blow your top of your head off as it gets to <laughs> The Anunnaki came here to mine gold because right. gold was used, can be used to plug the hole in their atmosphere. Their, their planet was dying, the Rubu. And so they're they're mining gold here. Well, they came here and took a couple of hundred thousand years and boiled the Sasquatch or the humanoid creatures that were here down to us hairless apes. We had the right amount of brain power. We had a right amount of physical strength and dexterity to mine the gold and to make relatively harmless decisions uh, as far as, you know, doing the job we had. So if you go with that, you know, that is an incredible story. And that stuff is all in the Sumerian, you know, the cylinders that the Sumerians left behind, you know, the gold cylinders. That's all in there. And so that's all been swept aside, you know. Had they built the pyramids in Machu Picchu and all these other places? Well, it wasn't, you know, 10,000 Nubian slaves with uh, wooden rollers across a sand-laden desert uh, hoisting, you know, 20-ton stones up, you know, 400. I mean, just come on. We can't even do that now. Right. People have tried to recreate it numerous times. (laughs) Yeah. So there's all kinds of theories and all that's swept under because everybody has, you know, they, the government and other powers that be have an agenda they want to push. And it, it involves having the story be just the way they say it is, you know, and here, here's why people don't believe. And, and you take the teacher who taught the teacher, 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 who taught, the teacher, who taught, the teacher, who taught you, you go back just 10 generations uh, 25 years of generation, that's 250 years of misinformation. So, and it's not really the teacher's fault. The teachers were handed a book. This is our curriculum. You teach this to the students, get your check, go home, make babies, have a great life, and everybody's happy. And so you've, you know, you've perpetuated the baloney that is the history of the world, uh, apes, uh, you know, creationism, uh, evolution, all of that stuff. It's all constructed. It's, 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 it's a prepackaged meal. It's like Weight Watchers. You know, any one of these will do as long as you buy the Weight Watchers. Okay, well, let's give me half that. Let me have, let me have the tuna salad, you know. So, but you're teaching everybody, and then you go out in the world. You've been educated since you were three, since you come out of the birth canal uh, from the age of about three to, let's say, 22, if you get all your high school in and four years of college, you say 22. So the whole world's been handed to you in a prepackaged, format. So when you see something, you immediately discount it unless a few people with open minds uh, start questioning things, you know, and thank God there are people that question things, you know, like you and I. So, so, but if you are just happy with the world, the way it's handed to you, there's nothing wrong with that. You're happy. You don't care about Sasquatch. You don't care about UFOs. I I believe there's probably life somewhere else. It's not a, a big thing on your plate, you know, so that's fine. But for those that are wanting to know, and you start digging, well, it gets harder and harder to dig. And it's just, you're really close to the surface. All of a sudden you can't go anywhere because, you know, the preconceived notions have been crammed down and you're going to always, I will still find myself thinking, nah, that can't be. Oh, wait, no, yes, it can't be, you know. And well, the government wouldn't lie. But wait, 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 wait. Yeah, they did. They lied about UFOs for 80 freaking years, you know, 1940s. Uh, Roswell, and actually there was another more famous crash before that in 1944, I think, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, But anyway, so they've been lying all along, and finally they admit it. So what's the next step? What's going to be? It's going to be Sasquatch. They're going to throw us a bone like the Tic Tac videos. They're going to throw us a little bone. Well, yes, we don't know. We didn't build that. We can't build that. We do not have that technology, but we don't know where it came from. And that's about all we got. If you want to go any further, they threw us a bone. We're going to suck on that bone for a couple, two, three, four, five years mm-hmm. until 
something forces their hand. Well, with Sasquatch, it's going to be the same thing because the the DNA is going to catch them. And the technology that just us mere humans uh, have in our hands now with our phones and thermal gear and recording. I mean, you know, it's just they're going to have to cough it up sooner, probably more than later, because it's coming to a head. You know, you just can't keep BSing us. You just can't keep doing that and expect us to lay there and take it, you know? Uh, you know. So anyway, that's, that's my, you know, theory as to how we got to where we are. And it's, you know, they've lied, they've lied and there's nothing to say, you know, uh, that they won't continue to do it because it's in their best interest because they're trying to monetize it or powerize it, you know, have the right power to be able to, you know, conquer the world, conquer the planet, conquer all our enemies, vanquish them all. And uh, once they get all that under control, yeah, we'll throw them a little more information. It's going to be the same with Sasquatch. So, you know, animals are discovered every day, every week, new insects, new new mammals, you know, amphibians, uh, any uh, plants, something uh, once a week. Don't even make the headlines anymore. So why is uh, Sasquatch just not discussed? Government says no. You know, science says no. Well, because there's something else there. Something going on. That's my my firm belief that there there is something to them. I think they uh, are the masters of the planet. They know how, you know, they're trying to teach us. This comes from people that are much more spiritual than I, but I, I get this. That they're trying to teach us how to get along with one another, how to take care of the planet and be good to one another. And that's all they're really here is to try, you know, to keep us in, in check and keep for us from blowing ourselves up in the planet that they live on also, you know? So, you know, I, I think that's their, that's their purpose here, you know, and I've got some witnesses that are having some very emotional, spiritual, metaphysical relationships, conversations with them. And, or unless they're smoking the good stuff, uh, there's something going on with that, you know? So have you seen one or ever experienced anything or, I have not had any experiences, uh, but uh, what's great is growing up, you know, I remember asking my parents, you know, are, you know, is, is Bigfoot real? And my parents were always so open to it, always so mm-hmm. open to the idea and the possibility. And my dad, especially, we, we love going out to the woods. We'd go for hikes and real nature people. So he'd say, you know what? Why couldn't there be one? Why couldn't there be many? You know, it just always, he always made sure that we had this open mind and open heart about everything. My mother as well. So um, I've never been closed off to it. I, I, you know, and I believe that they are out there, you know, and yeah. gosh, would I love to experience something? Sure. But probably be a little scared at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, uh, you know, and I had my, uh, my infrasound experience and, uh, my witness in Canada. Uh, so how, how long are we going for not an hour? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, my infrasound of it, this is, this is kind of interesting unless you have any specific questions. But I'll, no, I'll, this I'll is great. This, great this conversation. Story. So the place where I saw that one vanish. Yeah. Uh, that area, it's uh, here in Missouri. It became one of my research areas and I can go down there anytime. And I'm probably 80% of the time I have something and I don't call a stick structure or a knock something. Mm. I, I'm talking about something a little bit more spiritual or physically uh enlightening you know and so uh my wife uh sees all the evidence and photos and things i get here you know and she's going that's interesting that's nice i'm glad you believe you don't patronize me you know (laughs) it's nice (laughs) honey yeah Yeah, (laughs) you go play with your little ape friends and go (laughs) okay so i'm gonna take you camping with me and she's an old Nebraska girl, so you know, not old, but she's a Nebraska girl. She's a farm girl, so she's not afraid of getting her hands dirty and yeah. popping a squat behind a tree. I mean, she's you know, she's past that. She's not old girly, you know. So I said, I'm gonna take you somewhere, and uh, you know, of course, when you say that, nothing happens. Oh, that's I'll that's just you, the rule. <laughs> you know, that's just the rule. You know, but I know my area, and the area that I took her to was the area where I saw that one vanish. Okay. I made that one of my research areas because I've had three published reports out of there, all class A's, eye to eye, 30, 40, 50 feet away, and no mistake about it. You know, one of them's from a preacher. 
two of them are from the preacher, same guy. So if he's lying, he'll be in the front of the line to hell, you know, <laughs> and cause he doesn't want anything either, you know, uh, anyway. So uh, I took her to this area and I took her to the area like where this creature was coming from. I took her to where he was coming from. Cause that's where we had left the other people off and they got lost. So you pull up to this gate, it's a big metal gate and it's a conservation area. So you cannot drive any kind of vehicle, ATV, nothing. You, you're not allowed to go down there because it's okay. treacherous footing. And that, I think they, uh, word was they had pulled too many people out of the ruts down there. Gotcha. They said, we're not doing that. We're going to uh, gate it off. And if you're trapped, it's up to you. You call a tow truck. We're not messing with it. So anyway, uh, it's about a hundred yards from the top of this gate where I parked down to the bottom, which is in the bottom is just around the corner from where it appeared and disappeared, you know, it flashed and just disappeared. So we're walking down there and she's immediately creeped out already. You know, the, the hair on the back of your neck, mm. uh, you know, that someone's watching me, someone's here. I said, yeah, yeah, this is their, this is their living room. So don't, don't worry about it. Don't panic because this is, I'm used to that feeling. You know, mm. I know when I'm in their living rooms, you know, there's a lot right. of living rooms out there. So I'm walking down there and as I get, about a third of the way she's freaking out i want to go back i'm going back to the car and i said no you'll never you know just just stay with me everything's fine i said i'm going back to the car i said look you have to go all the way back up there and i shine my flashlight up to where the car was parked it was gone the car was gone the car was gone and i'm saying where's the car and she's going it's right there you're shining your light on it no it's not there. Where to go? And I just, you know, what's the word? Just automatically, I, I showed it down to where I was going. Yep. There was the car. So you you didn't see it where it was parked. You're seeing it where you were going. So clearly had moved in your perspective. Yes. And wow. she's going, but I'm shining down there to where I was going. I said, how did the car get down there? And she's looking. Now she's getting really freaked out because I'm hallucinating, you know, and she's going and she goes, there's no car there. The car's back up there. I said, no, it's not. I shine the light and it was gone to me. And she's going, the car's right there. I can see the tail light. I mean, it was, you know, I could see it. And so she's going, oh, oh, you know, we're done. We're done. We're done. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to get down. So I, I did this two or three times going back and forth. And I, I knew what was happening to me, but I couldn't do anything about it. They control mm -hmm. Your your vibrational frequency, you know, infrasound is a you know everybody's done a research infrasound. A lot of animals use infrasound. It's not, you know, it's you know, lions, tigers, uh, you know, giraffes, elephants, whales, dolphins, dolphins yeah. uh, all of them they use infrasound. You know, yeah. you can communicate, but at, at certain frequencies, it's above and below the sound of you know the human range of hearing. It can jack you up. They use it to break up riots in the yeah, European countries. It's weaponized, absolutely. Yeah, because it can, it can just turn your guts all inside out. You Anyway, so we do that a few times. And then I shine the light back up where the car should have been. And there it was. I went, wait, 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 wait. And I shine the light back down where we were going, where I saw the car. It was gone. So it was back to normal. She goes, what is wrong with you? I'm going... Well, I think they're making me, I think they're trying to teach me a lesson yeah, because I was trying to teach you a lesson. I think that was the lesson I got out of that was there was like, mm. you know, you, you're going to teach her something. I'm going to teach you something, you know, and I'd, I'd been through infrasound a couple of times before where I, I literally could not get out of my sleeping bag, you know, and I had to pee real bad and oh, I, no. I didn't wet myself, but I could not get out of my bag because one was right by my tent. Uh, so anyway, that was baptism by fire. She said, whatever you say, I believe from now on, I'm out of here. So we went back to the campsite and we slept like babies. But that was either it was some type of hypnosis or it was infrasound. I, mm -hmm. I prefer to think it was infrasound because I wasn't like, I saw it. I mean, mm -hmm. I physically saw it there or I thought I did. Right. So that is, they can manipulate you if they want to. And they did. And, you know, this is the part that gets a little, you know, trippy is what I'm thinking, like what I said earlier, that they were teaching me a lesson because I thought I was teaching her a lesson. Mm. Well, I became the student, not the teacher. Uh, you know, because I have what I consider to be an ongoing relationship with 
a clan that is down there. I seem to interact with him quite often. Me and my partner, uh, Brian, uh, he goes with me. Uh, we go down there and we usually have interactions. So that was, that was, that was a real cool story. And every time I tell that story, I get chills, you know, uh, when I tell it, because it, it, it was like a, a defining moment, you know, that, you know, when I saw that one disappear, there's probably two years since I've seen that when I took her back there, uh, it had been a couple of years. And it validated what happened there in the first place mm. to me. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like, okay, I've got that down. So let's go to the next step, you know? Uh, so that was just stunning. Now, uh, I've got a story. If we're on to time, we got six thirty. got a half hour. Absolutely. I've got a story. So I led an expedition, uh, Illinois, 2019, October. Now, it was on the books with BFRO. The person who was going to do the expedition couldn't do it. So he backed out. He or she, I don't know who it was. And so they took it off the books. Well, a lot of people already paid their money and they wanted to go. And so uh, they couldn't find anybody for a while. They put out an APV. Hey, does anybody want to do this expedition in Illinois? I said, well, no, it's only 300 miles away from me. What the heck? I've I've got a buddy who lives there. Uh, he's a squatch buddy. And so uh, I said, I'll do it. Well, by the time I signed up, there was only four paying customers left because everybody got tired of waiting and they said, we want our money back. You know, so there was four people and me and then my, my friend Harold. That's six people. How many rocks? Six rocks. Six rocks. Okay. Now we found probably about a half a dozen footprints. We cast three of them and we went to this area. And it, again, it was a long ravine. You could not drive down there, but it was walkable. Now my friend Harold could not walk it because he has had cancer. He had a stroke. He just could not navigate that terrain. So when we, I took my, my group there one night, um, he stayed in the parking lot in his car and we walked down to this area that I'd scattered ahead of time and found. Now, during the day we had found, I'd say a a good number of footprints. We cast three of them. Uh, We went back to, we let them dry and set for a while. We went back. There was a tree pushed over on each print covering it. Little saplings, a little, you know, about you know, yeah. six inch, you know, just sapling, but you know, 10 or 12 foot tree. And it, was, it was covering the print. Well, they don't like leaving their footprints. And somebody probably got a lot of crap for leaving their footprints. You know, and these were bare footprints. You know, some of these others were marginal, probably human, but they were elongated, distorted because of the terrain. So mm. just anyway, so I knew I was in the right spot because these trees were pushed over. They didn't want us to see those prints. They didn't want us to find them. Now they could have destroyed them, but that's not their nature. They just covered them up and thought, well, where'd they go? I must've been in the wrong place, whatever. They they didn't destroy them because that is not their nature, you know, for the most part. So anyway, get to that point. So we're walking down. This is 10, 11 o'clock at night. And you could hear them. These the the sides of these ravines are about twenty five feet up, and uh, and heavily wooded. And you could hear them as we were walking. You could hear them paralleling us, following us. They were throwing little sticks and twigs and small pebbles, but they wouldn't communicate. No grunts, no nothing. It was just they were just jacking with us, you know. So we got down to the where I had. Uh, decided was our stopping point for the night because I couldn't get past this fallen tree. I didn't know what was there. And so uh, I asked everybody if they wanted to go or not. And they were kind of freaked out, but they all wanted to go forward. Well, there was this one person there and um, she was a risk. You know, she was flighty and she kept changing her outfit to go squatching and she'd run off into the woods and not tell anybody where she was, or what she was doing. And her boyfriend, he couldn't even find her. And she, you know, phone service was sketchy. So anyway, I decided to go back because I didn't want to risk if something actually happened that this woman freaks out 
and mm-hmm. runs amok and runs off a cliff. So, you know, I'm responsible. So I said, you know, I think we got our money's worth tonight because you know, the, the tension and the uh, pent up emotion of knowing that they're there and hearing them crunch, 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 boom, sitting down and then watching this for a while. Then they get up and walk as we walked and then they sit down again. You could hear all this. You're going, God, are we that amusing? I mean, really, what do you want to watch a bunch of stupid humans? You know, I mean, but anyway, they were doing it. We were their entertainment for the night. So we went back. And uh, so uh, when uh, we were leaving, what I did was uh, I went back the night before we left the next morning. It was over. I left a camera. And uh, on the way home to Kansas City, I stopped to get my camera. Those rocks appeared. That pointed rock, it's me, the expedition leader. There's four rocks behind me. That's the people I'm leading. The one rock on the other end. Harold. Harold. Because we went, we went back two nights. The second night, we got nothing. The second night, Harold stayed at our campsite. So the six rocks are me, the four expedition goers, and Harold. He was at the other end of the tree, which I interpreted because I'm real smart. He's there, but he's not there. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. And wow. when I found that, I about you know, lost my poop. I was just like, oh, no, there's got to be something. No, because that wasn't there the night before because I put my cameras there. So there was nothing there. They appeared uh, between. 1130 and 12 midnight at night. And this is during COVID 2019. And uh, the 2020, they appeared there. Who would be walking around there at midnight? You know, other campers, hikers at midnight? Uh, Possible. You know, it's potentially possible. So when I I called Harold and told him, he went, oh, my God, you know, and that it didn't even hit me until I was really, really hit me until I was on my way home. I said, oh, my God, I got, you know, and I called my wife to tell her and she goes, what time did that happen? Oh, God, was, well, I don't know when it happened, but it was about 10, 30, 11, 11, 30 when we left and that stuff wasn't there. So it could have been any time, like, say, midnight on till eight o'clock the next morning. Cause I'm real, I wanted to get home. I've been gone a while. Cause I was there four days ahead of everybody else scouting, you know, by myself. So I, I tell her that and she goes, well, I got to tell you something. I was in the bedroom and I saw a blue orb flying through the room. And not only did she see it physically with her eyes, she's watching it. You know, she also saw it as a reflection in our bedroom uh, dresser mirror. So she saw it and she could also see that. So she wasn't like hallucinating because she saw the reflection as well as the original. And it flew around a couple of times and just went into the bathroom and was gone. So I took myself and two other, uh, Brian, my partner here, I took him with me and we met uh, Chris and Harold there uh, this past year in uh, 2021. And we went down there. The rocks were all gone except for one. And Harold could make it this time. He made it all the way down to the log. I couldn't wait to show him the log. Well, the rocks were all gone except for one, his rock. And it had been moved from down here at the end. Mm -hmm. All these rocks were gone. And his one solo rock was here signifying that congratulations Harold you made it 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 just wow if you just go into the serendipity serendipitousness if that's even a word you know the serendipity I don't believe in coincidences Mm -hmm. no way shape or form especially in this field so they either were watching and someone jumped up ahead or they already knew from visiting our minds that Harold made it, and that was his rock. And I knew it was his rock 
because in the book, you probably haven't gotten that far in the book. Not yet. Uh, no. I had taken two of those rocks. Let's see if I can find them. And I dusted them for prints just to see. I can't find them. Anyway, they're in the book. Uh, I dusted them for prints. And so there was no prints. So I, I put them back exactly where I got them. His rock, because he's shorter and dumpy. You know, I'm tall and slender. He's short and dumpy. You know, my rock is kind of that long arrow head shaped rock. And his is kind of the round, chunky one. Yeah. Not to categorize him, but that's just his body type, you know. Hmm. And so there it was. What do you do with that? What do you, you, you know, and, and since then, weird stuff has been happening at our home with communication type things and other odd things at our house, which I, I want to attribute to them. I think I'm probably on, but I, I can't say for sure because, you know, uh, when one of our kids was still living here, she was having uh, there was something actually in my office here. Uh, there was something messing with the hangers in the closet at night. Three o'clock in the morning, she wake up. All the all the hangers were out going back and forth. Then they'd stop when she got up. So I can't say that you know it was them. But regardless of that, the fact that those rocks appeared, it, it was exactly the count, the body count. And then when Harold, now they could have left four rocks, but I think Harold was the only constant. Uh, Harold and myself with mm. with the four of us that all, all showed up. But I think it was like an award or a prize, like right. it was something signifying. So what do you, so, I mean, you know, JC, what have you saw or heard something like that or anything remotely? What would you be thinking? Right. You know, that's, I, I guess I would probably have the same, same, uh, you have other options potentially, but yeah, but the the numerology of it, the the exact rocks and the split up with five and then one on the other end because he was there but wouldn't. What do you what do you do with that in a barren, hard to reach area? Right. And, and, and the reason I picked this area because we had uh, one couple that was from the area I was in in Illinois, uh, Murfreesboro-ish area. I said, well, where's a good place to go? Well, I'll tell you where you don't want to go. And we don't go, nobody in town goes to this place after dark. Ain't nobody but nobody. You know, no badass hunter or hunter girl or hunter woman. Nobody. That's where you got to go. <laughs> there, I said, that's where we're going. Because they say there's too much weird stuff going on. And, and, and you know, the baddest MFs in the, in the world won't go down there. And they'll tell you they won't go down there. You know, so well, let's go because I, <laughs> I guess I'll be good parking. Can nobody be down there? You know, so it was just. Uh, so what do you do with that when when you're? I mean, it's okay if you you have the potential explanations, but you just it, it's that Occam's razor thing again. You know, right? What are the odds of somebody walking back that area between midnight and eight o'clock in the next morning? Right with that number, of, right with that exact number of rocks, placing them in that direction, knowing the story of who was coming, who was staying behind. Right, probabilities. Yeah, it's just it's just odds and probability. You go, what do you you? And so, and that's the kind of stuff I'm hearing from people. You know, very similar stories. You know, what, what time we got? Ten minutes. So I've been trying to go into that story. It'll take fourteen minutes, but. When you start hearing that stuff and then you experience it yourself, you go, okay, all right, I'm on to something, you know, and so are these other people. They're on to something, you know, and so, uh, you know, and uh, for the physical realm, uh, you may or may not have, did you see that handprint? I see the one behind you, which is pretty oh, no, awesome. That's, that's one from here local. This is in the book. This I can explain to you. Ooh. Oh, wow. Oh man. So much for them controlling trail cams with their potential interrupting of the electronic signal, you know, and killing the batteries and stuff. That was taken at a uh, uh, 
a witness. He has uh, 36 cameras. Wow. He has them in groups of three. And each camera is within about 25 feet of each other. So there's three, and they're looking at each. The camera is looking at the camera. Is looking at the camera. So if it, he's just looking for you know, for deer and you know, other stuff, right? You know, but you know he's knows there's something else going on there. So uh, so he's got them triangulated. So and there's like, oh, what's three? You know, is it ten, three times twelve, three times yeah, I think uh, three times twelve is thirty six. Yeah, thirty six cameras. So it's three is it, it, a dozen areas, and I've been there. I mean, I've been there. And, uh, and so, uh, it's probably 50 square yards, this area that he has all these cameras, you know? And, uh, so he, uh, he likes to hunt, but not as bad as this other guy who was standing there when this picture was taken, he was standing there when I walked in front of the camera. So he lets this other guy hunt. And in return for hunting, he gets some of the kill and just, you know, check the batteries, uh, switch out my cards uh, when I can't get there and just bring me whatever. So uh, he was up in his blind and I was up in the blind that day. I, I'd been up there before. And so uh, the guy was up in his blind having a cigarette before he quit hunting for the day. He's about to walk down and he sees a Sasquatch walk up on the other about 50 yards away, walks up this little uh, clearing in the brush. It's solid woods. He walks up in this little clearing uh, and he he's staring at the blind. He sees the guy and my guy's looking at him. He's in there. He just freezes. He's looking. And they're looking at each other. Then it calmly just takes a left and walks along the tree line. Like he's not even there. Click. He walks right in front of the camera. In fact, if you look at the camera, you can't see it here, but if you look at it closely, uh, it looks like he might have even bumped the camera because the hand picture is good, but the background is kind of skewed. Yeah, like it got bumped, mm. you know. And, and so, but anyway, what do you do? And the guy that saw it, he's a preacher, you know. And it's just, it's like, and he saw it, and the, the creature just walks nonchalantly and never looked back at him like you puny human just go away you know you, you mean nothing to me you know you can't hurt me now there's a sasquatch that didn't get the memo about hey uh, sasquatch jr do not walk in front of those little boxes with the eyeballs <laughs> on them because the humans <laughs> they, they, they can take your picture you know um and but it did and there's some you've probably seen from other sources, some pretty good looking photos. Mm -hmm. They might be blurry and Sasquatch, sure. but you might, you know, this is one of the better handprints you'll ever see, you know, and that, that handprint back there. But anyway, that's the story behind that. So uh, that handprint here was taken in uh, Missouri. Uh, there's a place here, uh, you know, I'm in Kansas City, I'm actually in Liberty, Missouri. Okay. If you go down, uh, you know, if you know where that's at. I know Rolla and St. Clair pretty well. Yeah. Uh, well, St. Louis too, but. Yeah, yeah St. Clair, uh, it's a, it's, that's a good area. I've got the habituation witnesses live there, which means they have ongoing activity and they have a symbiotic relationship with the Sasquatch. That's a whole okay. other story since we're pinched for time. But uh, that handprint behind me, that is 13 inches from the base of the palm to the tip of the middle finger. That's NBA material. Now, my partner, Brian Woods, took that one. He found it and took it. And so we took that to, uh, uh, at the time I had a connection in the, uh, a, a crime lab, I won't mention, and uh, I, I dusted the prints. I put them on the fingerprint cards like you're supposed to do mm -hmm. with police. You know, they have the little fingerprint cards. And they took them in, my connection there, he took it in. And they said, uh, number one, whoever this is has no criminal record. <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny because they were trying to see if he would say where this person came from, because those are huge. This print, you know, this print here is twice the size of ours. Wow. But there's dermal ridges on that print. Uh, that print is in this book. 
Uh, but there's dremel ridges on the palm and the meat of the uh, right in here uh, where the thumb is uh, right here and a couple of fingers. There's dremel. I mean, so it's like it's a fingerprint. It's not faked. It's a real print. And the other thing they said was, well, I don't know who this is. I don't want to know who it is. Don't ever bring anything like that in here ever again. You know, because they can't tell. Because when you take a fingerprint card into the uh, crime lab, you're on camera. So that has to get run through the database. Right. And you don't want to explain stuff <laughs> that you cannot explain because you're doing a favor for a Sasquatch friend, you know. Right. Anyway, so uh, and so the other print, the, the one that's next to the handprint, that broken print, uh, that was taken really about five miles from that one. It, uh, another habituation uh, site. Now that one is 19 inches, and I've got a published report on that one in BFRO. Uh, and he ran out of plaster. He was using plaster. I use UltraCal 30, which is a really good, it, it's much harder and dries quicker, and it's not nearly as brittle. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, that one was 19 inches. He ran out of plaster. He cast it before he got a hold of me, and I was, you know, just I couldn't be reached. Mm. And so uh, the, the ruler there is 19 inches. He didn't get the toes, but I got a picture of the footprint in the sand. Wow. So that's 19 inches. Now, the one right there, the one, the third one there, that is the uh, Patterson-Gimlin. That's Patty. Okay. And then the one on the right, uh, the, this one over here, is uh, Paul Freeman. Familiar with Paul Freeman wow. from Washington? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and I've got my little microscope back there, uh, which I can't use anymore because the camera burned up. So I've got a, I've got, I've got a, uh, a, uh, a digital microscope, uh, on order, nice. uh, which is better. So, and I've got, I've got a new witness, but three months ago, two months ago, I just came up with him and he lives out that away. Oh, okay. And he got some hair. He, that's a whole other story. We don't have time to, to go into all that, but, you know, this part of Missouri is chock full of stuff, you know, especially if you go down to Mark Twain National Forest, which my research areas are, you know, and I've got habituation people down there that have been dealing with these creatures for 10, 20 years, you know. Wow. Uh, and yeah, and so, and I'll call them up and say, hey, you mind if they let me come down and, you know, spend a couple nights and go camp. And, you know, I've sat on the front porch with them and traded howls with Sasquatch. Got 120 acres in the middle of freaking nowhere. That's Ain't awesome. nobody out there. And I'm gonna whoop. And you hear this, it's 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 a clone of what I just did. It's it's exactly my call. Because they can do that, they can mimic anything. So uh that's just my world in a nutshell. There's so many stories in here that we just you, you might go, <clears throat> okay, well, I'm with you up until you told me that. But see, that's but, the stuff. That's the stuff that I love. And and it's great because if you would love to be back on, Carter, I would love to have you back on. Well, uh, give me 20 bucks and I'll do it. <laughs> Sounds no, good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to. I mean, I love, I love telling because, you know, even if you know, you're on the fence about some of this stuff or even if you're some of your listeners, uh, but, you know, I, I guarantee you, I don't know if you have things scrolling by, if you have people feeding back on you or, or talking to you while you're watching this or not. I don't know if you have that set up, but no, somebody tonight knows somebody or whenever you broadcast this or they themselves had something so surreal. They just won't even talk about it because it, 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 some of these people have been affected. I've had people crying. And you could tell they're upset. They've sat on it for 20, 30 years because their spouse, boyfriends, girlfriends, co-workers, relatives shunned them. Oh, my God. You don't believe in that crap. Oh, oh really? Come on. You know, go sleep on the couch. <laughs> but there's people right now that are going, oh, my God, that that happened to us. So that yeah. somebody knows somebody, but they haven't said anything for fear of ridicule. And that's what I really want to do when I started these, the second book. I want to be a witness advocate for the people that need a voice and just want to tell their story without somebody going, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Really? Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. You get, right. you, you, I mean, we're, what are you smoking? I mean, you, but people do that and you shun them into silence. They say nothing. 
and you know how something eats at you, whatever Mm -hmm. your problems are, get them out and deal with them. Don't bottle them in, no matter what it is, you know, if, you know, love life going bad or bad job, don't let this stuff eat you. Get it out and talk to somebody about it, you know. But this stuff is like, I think this is revelatory for some of the stuff that's going on with these beings, you know, and they're beings and our creatures, they're beings. I mean, I guess we're God's creatures, so we're all creatures, you know, whoever God is, you know. Uh, so, uh, but there's, you know, you gotta, you gotta hear these people out because there's something going on. There's just ain't no two ways about it, you know. I love that. I love that you want to be an advocate for people who have a story because I think what's important is removing that stigmatization so that people can feel there's a safe space to be able to share those stories. And like you said, not bottle them up and not feel like they're going to be ridiculed so that they can actually talk about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, information is knowledge. The more we talk about it, maybe we can all learn together Mm -hmm. and, you know, come to a an understanding of what it is we're experiencing. Yeah. I think people are talking about it a little more. I think another six months to a year, well, we've cracked that ape only. And Mm. that's a good theory. You got to start somewhere. And some of the theories that I think that I've shared with you and some that are in the books, they may turn out to not be what we thought they were. But there's other theories. You know, you don't just hang your hat on it. You just go, well, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. That's what it sounds like. Well, that didn't work out so well. Well, we thought it was this. Maybe it was really this. But at least you're thinking and discussing it and throwing it out there. That, that's all you got to do is just talk about it, you know, and, you know, and, you know, I can hear the snickering, you know, uh, you know, uh, I've got a lot of friends that are BFRO investigators and they will not say a word about anything paranormal in a report or at all. Or they'll really? cut off. Yeah. They, they just, because they may have experienced it. A witness may have experienced it or said it, but you will not see any paranormal or woo, which I think is a really dirty word. It's very, you know, derogatory in, in Sasquatch discussion, but you will never see anything. That stuff does not exist. I've had some of my reports sanitized by BFRO. They've taken the good stuff out. Oh, man. Yeah. And I've, you know, I'm a real estate agent or was semi-retired. So I'm very anal with my paperwork. So I make copies of everything. So I copy all my reports. Then I send them in. And then I see my report published. And that's not what I said. Mm. And the witness calls me. What the hell are you doing? That's not what I told you. I said, no, that's not what I, that's not what I put on the paper. I told exactly what you did. And they took it out. You know, I've got about, you know, seven or eight, you know, I quit looking because it was just depressing but, you know the world's largest bfro uh, the world's largest largest sasquatch database is corrupted you don't know what's true and what's not you don't know what story was rearranged so they could take some stuff out and you know they're manipulating the data so you know it's erroneous wow it's a false positive and it's and that's uncanny because you would surmise that the foundation of such an organization was to spread awareness through the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until they got a TV show. They got mm. sponsors to protect. So there you go. It goes back to agendas. It goes to, yeah. you know, grants, funding, all of that, where if you tow a line, you tow a yeah. line. If you don't do it, can't play ball. Who gives, who gives science all their grants? <laughs> the government. <laughs> Gotta stay funded. You don't say a word or you're done. There goes your tenure. There goes your professorship. There goes your 401k. Right. You know, right. And you think that's a bunch of baloney? It's not. No. That's why why I like I give, you know, scientists, you know, get a hard knock for me because I think they're, you know, a bunch of weenies for the most part. Now, Jeff Meldrum is taking as much rope as they've given him and he's stressed a little bit more, you know, but he's got uber credentials. He's doing the best he can with what rope they've given him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to hang himself. He doesn't want to lose, but they are at least open-minded enough to give him the ability to discuss it within reason. We don't know where they are, but he, he believes there's something out there. That's all right. he can really say, but you know, right. he's our best scientific ad- ad- advocate, you know, scientific advocate, you know, he's about the only one we got. 
you know, others have gone behind, you know, and passed away, Brenda Nagel and uh, others that have come and gone before him, you know. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, I'll be glad to come whenever you yeah, just let would me love know. That. Would George love that. Get, get in touch. Absolutely. Could you, uh, so where can folks find you on the internet? Well, uh, they've erased most of my police records, so you won't find any of my crimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, these two books. Yeah. Esquatch Evidence of an Enigma 1 and 2. Uh, now, I've signed a book deal with Beyond the Fray Publishing. So you can find the black and white versions on Amazon of both these books and Kindle and books on tape. I sell these color versions. They're very nice, very slick, shiny paper, very, very nicely done, uh, very nice and heavy. And I autograph them. Uh, or if you want me not to autograph them, you got to give me another 10 bucks. <laughs> it's all about money. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you knew how much money we don't make when we write these books, you'd, right. it's it's just a labor of love is all it is, you know. So, but you, you can go to my website, which is www.relichominid.com. R-E-L-I-C-H-O-M-I-N-I-D.com. And, uh, you know, if you want to buy both books, I'll give you a break on the price on both of them. You know, they're 22 bucks each plus shipping, but they're, they're very nice. They're very nice books. If I do say so myself, but I'll sell, I'll sell them for, I'll give you a reduced rate. You know, just somebody just got to, you know, let me know. Carter, thank you so very much for joining me, man. We're going to do this yeah. again. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And there you have it. I had so much fun with Carter in that conversation. We learned so much about him. We even learned about some of his early years in drumming. And that was pretty awesome as a fellow musician. So hats off to you, good sir. We also learned about Carter's two books, which I absolutely love. Sasquatch, Evidence of an Enigma, parts one and two. And you can find those on Carter's website at relichominid.com. And you can even find Carter on Facebook. So be sure to find him. Let him know we sent you. Take a moment and share this episode with anyone who you think would enjoy this kind of content. We're still a new podcast and you single-handedly help us grow. If you're watching this video, we hope you're subscribed to the channel. Hit that like button and ring that bell for notifications on new episodes that are coming out. Thank you all so much for all your love and support. This has been an awesome journey thus far. Until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself. <laughs>